This is Sean from Nerdy Thursday. You're listening to I Love This, You Should Too, with Samantha Hees and Indy Renhawa. said you had super speed you just could fly well so, I mean, flying is faster than walking not for you can you fly faster than you walk now well i can't fly oh, exactly <laughs> so you could only fly as fast as you can move true what's what's your superpower every bet that i make would be true that's a good I, one. I could just win money or i could say like oh i bet you everyone in the world is going to be nice and stop fighting and there will be no more war and you'd be like, what? No. And then I bet you, but because of my superpower, I would win. And everyone would be happy. And I would be rich. And my back wouldn't hurt. <laughs> I'm very crippled right now. It but is. welcome to I Love This, You Should Too, a podcast about movies, mostly, I guess. <laughs> uh, my name is Indy Randawa, And with me is my lovely co-host, Samantha Hughes. Oh, hello, Indy. She made a face, but it doesn't translate because no. this is a podcast. I'd like to say happy belated birthday oh yeah we're not recording it then but i think this came out just after my birthday so happy birthday to me did you have a nice time um no it was the worst oh i don't know i'm just guessing try harder future me will have to try yeah get on it i'm now officially old no i was old last year you're old last year yeah because i i have like sciatica in my back (laughs) now you're 90 yeah i just turned 91 everyone Um, so what are we talking about today? What's our so, what's our theme for... It's kind of a two-themed episode. Yeah, so what we do on this podcast is I am going to present a movie to Samantha that she has never seen and I love, and I hope that she'll love it too. But before we do that, we usually talk about kind of our picks of the week, things mm-hmm. we've been watching lately, but we are going to specifically talk about one thing that we have both seen and that is the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and specifically the Endgame movie. Last year, last winter, I guess, I uh, went through and watched every single one in chronological order. And uh, so I feel like I have a very good, somewhat good knowledge of the yeah, so be- MCU. Before you met me and I got you to watch all of those, what was your relationship with Marvel in general and the movies? Well, I'd watched, like, I know Spider-Man is a newer Marvel edition, but I had seen all the Spider-Man movies, and um, I think I had seen some of the Iron Man movies, but it was more of a, like, oh, a superhero movie, let's go see it. I didn't quite have the, the like, the idea that it was this universe of right. superheroes that, like, kind of all interchanged with each other. I mm-hmm. didn't really know it, and I wasn't a comic fan when I was young, okay. so I didn't read any of the Marvel comics, and so I didn't know these characters as well as you do. Yeah, so growing up, I was a huge comic book fan. My first comic book was Wolverine number 44. Mm. I still have it. And X-Men and Wolverine specifically were, were my favorites because he's uh, 
Harry and Elberton, just like me. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> but I was never as big into the Avengers. I had some Iron Mans. I thought Thor was terrible. Captain America was terrible. And a lot of the comic book versions were. Yeah. But a lot of those characters that I didn't like in comic books, I really do like their movie selves. Mm-hmm. So as a child, I was just dying for any sort of superhero movie. Uh, the Batman movies with Michael Keaton were coming out around then. Yeah. And I loved those, even though I wasn't a DC fan. I had a VHS of uh, Pride of the X-Men, it was called. Oh. And it was a one-shot kind of 40-minute animated movie that you could only buy in the U.S. And I had that, and I'd watch it all the time. And when the X-Men movie came out when I was in high school, it was mind-blowing to see these characters that I'd loved so much now on screen. And it really pains me to say now, uh, anytime a movie comes out with these characters that I loved, I don't care anymore. Oh. So that kind of... We are oversaturated now. There's so much. Like, you wanted it so bad back then, but now it's just like, there's a new one every, like, three or four months. Yes, exactly. And they're like bigger and better and they're just trying to top each other yeah. and i feel bigger like not better just bigger yeah they're just trying to top each other and they're trying to make it so that like oh no this is the best superhero movie ever mm-hmm. no this is the best superhero movie ever and they just like we should be focusing on quality yeah well let's talk about the mcu the marvel cinematic universe as a whole okay could you summarize your feelings on it I like it. Yeah. As a whole, I really enjoyed um, like getting into it and getting to know all the characters. Um, and I really liked learning a little bit about their backstory as well as seeing them all kind of work together. It's funny because when I was watching the movies as they would come out, mm-hmm. after each movie, I would think, well, that's not very good. There's a lot of five and six and seven out of ten movies mm-hmm. in the MCU. But then when Infinity War came out and you were starting to get into it yes. and we were watching them kind of like two a week for two a while a week. We there. went hard. Yeah. Uh, at that t- time, you could kind of see that it's greater than the sum of its parts. Yes. But I feel like, am I just getting kind of tricked and manipulated by Marvel's marketing rather than that these are actually good movies? Because most of them... They're not good on their own. If you just watch one of these movies, for the most part, they're not good movies. So they're I mediocre dis- movies. I disagree. Oh, okay. I think one thing that I really like about the Marvel Universe um, is their ability to make a movie part of the universe, but also standalone. So you never feel like you don't know what's going on if you haven't seen the previous movie that kind of goes that goes before it. Um, like my parents went and saw Ant-Man. And there was so many spoilers from um, Infinity War. They, like, totally missed them because they hadn't seen Infinity War and they didn't really know what all the things were. And I remember talking to them and them being like, yeah, we really liked it. It was a a really good movie. Um, And I was like, but what about all the things from Infinity War? Weren't you confused? And they were like, no, they totally made sense. They didn't, like... It wasn't like you needed to see the movie beforehand. So I think they um, they make really good standalone movies for people who aren't like us and don't watch all the movies in order. Right. I feel like they do a decent job of not having to have had to watch the previous ones. Yeah. It's definitely helpful. And the further you go along, the more necessary it is. Yes. Because in Endgame, for instance, you need to know a lot before yes. you go into that movie. And they're just kind of bland and regular in other ways. Like if you think of... Think of music. Think of the score of a movie. Think of the score 
in like the other biggest kind of universe we know is Star Wars. Can right. you think of any music from Star Wars? Yes. Can you hum something for us? Yeah. Absolutely. You get Darth Vader has yes. his own. We all know it. Um, another universe that we watched, uh, the Harry Potter one. Can yeah. you think of Harry Potter music? Um, do, 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 do. <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah, but you yeah. know it. It's yeah, in it's your head. It's like entrance into Hogwarts. Right. Can you think of the Captain America theme? No. The music that plays when Iron Man's on screen? No. How about Thor? No. Exactly. It's just bland. Yeah. And there's kind of a belief these days that the score is at its best when it's not noticed. When it really just kind of underscores things. And we used to have great musicians. Um, like, who was it that did all the Hitchcock ones? It doesn't matter. Him. <laughs> that guy. Or you had like Love Henry Mancini. <laughs> yeah. You had um, scores Danny Elfman, who we may talk about later, mm. who they would they would evoke so much on yeah. their own. You could listen to the music yes. only and hear a story. Well, and it's like Star Wars. Like, um... John Williams, of course. Yes, like John Williams. I'm always not the biggest John Williams no. fan, but then I also begrudgingly admit that he's made some of the best music ever. Yeah, so with Star Wars, like, you hear those first opening bars, and it really, like, puts you You're in the mood. Ready. You're back into, like, yeah. 10 years ago when you saw your last Star Wars movie. And they used that in, like, Star Wars Land in, like, the Disney World place, and it's, like instantly you're ready like you're in the mindset you hear those first opening bars and you're those like first I'm opening here, I'm notes in it. like of the the title crawl like i can hear it right now yeah kind of gives me goosebumps exactly right it's and it's brilliant. just like the the music is so important same with like not a movie but like the nutcracker those first opening yeah. notes before the curtain goes up i just i get chills you know exactly and what's i've coming. seen it a hundred times it's iconic it's iconic as big and bombast as all these MCU movies are, they're not iconic in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like Captain America should be, but to me, he's he's not. Yeah, I agree. But what they're worse at doing is, I felt like each movie is just a trailer for the next thing. It's true. They're two-hour trailers for other two-hour trailers, which mm -hmm. are all trailers for this big three-hour movie. Right. And all these 20... 30 movies are just kind of leading up to Endgame, and that's like their big culmination. Mm -hmm. And I felt like a lot of the movies didn't do much besides further the plot along to get to this big movie that they know they want. Yes, I agree. And because all of them are part of this one universe, I felt like there wasn't a lot of style to them. Like the movie we're going to talk about later today, our, our big movie, is so stylized, and it's very much, you could tell who's directing it. Right. If you watch any of these movies, it could be anyone. And for the most part, it, it is just anyone. It's a lot of directors who haven't done much in the past. They've done like a few music videos and one movie, and then they get put into one of these movies. And it's because that they won't fight for their specific style. They won't argue with the company about where the movie's going. They'll just follow along and make a bland, inoffensive yeah. movie. And they all kind of look like they're like they're television shows. Kind they're of, so yeah. bright and one-dimensional mm -hmm. in, in their appearance. And, like, and easy to follow. Yeah. There's a few exceptions. Like, I feel uh, James Gunn, who did the Guardians of the Galaxies ones. I really like the Guardians of the Galaxy ones. He, there's, there's more humor in there. There's a lot of humor in all of them. But right. that one has its own kind of sensibility. 
And then when Taika Waititi came over to do Thor Ragnarok, mm. that's the other standout for me. Right. It looks crazy. The humor is decidedly different than it the is. other ones. Yeah, there were some that were like actually funny, and I think that's when you get a new fresh director who actually fought for yeah. Those are the a only good script ones, I think. and a good like kind of storyline. Yeah, and the rest felt very bland to me. Like there's so many that. At the time, I thought they were very mediocre, and then they got great reviews, and I go back to watch it now, and if I had watched it right after another Marvel movie, I'm like, yeah, this is really good. But Civil War, I don't think it is a good movie on its own, but it's like the best one also, so I don't know. It's very confusing. What about like Black Panther? Yeah. Was that a new director? Yes. So Black Panther, the director, was a guy who had worked with Michael B. Jordan and all sorts of other stuff. But let's save our specific ones because we're going to do something crazy. We're going to do craziness. Go through each movie and talk about it. But don't worry, we're not going to be here for three hours. We're going to say like one or two sentences on each. Before we get into our really quick rapid fire of all the movies, should we talk about our beer? Yes, this is quite a good beer. It is a cherry ephemera from Unibrew. And it's a wheat ale, and they do it in a bunch of different flavors. We had the cherry one today. Yes. The rhubarb strawberry is also very good. I think you I know just, what? They're all good. I think I just put that in the fridge, actually. So, oh, they, so had a, they had a summer sampler six-pack, and uh, I brought it. six times fast. <laughs> summer sampler six-pack. Yeah, that's hard. And they're easy drinkers, for sure. Yeah. Good for podcasting. So let's go back. And this might prove my point of how a lot of these movies are ultimately forgettable. Right. A lot of their villains are just placeholders as typical bad guys. And there's not a lot of that stands out of them. But we're going to rapid fire through a bunch of them. Right. So we're starting way back in 2008 with Iron Man. Iron Man. What do you think of Iron Man? I like Iron Man. Iron Man 1, I think, is quite good. Yes. For the longest time, I thought it was the best one. I went back and rewatched it. And it's weird in our current political climate to be cheering for a womanizing millionaire who starts wars on his own and plays by his own rules. Yes. At the time, it was really cool. Now I feel a little weird about it. Now, yeah, the present political climate makes it a little a little more problematic and a little less like fun to cheer for. But it's a good one because you get to see a, a real turnaround in a character. You do. And I like that. Yes. And the Iron Man character, I think, is a fun one to follow through. I also like that Iron Man never becomes completely good. Yeah, he's always a bit of a dick. There's always like characters that you see in movies that are like, oh, I'm a real bad guy. And they have this epiphany. And suddenly they're just like 100% good. Mm-hmm. And they're like, did you have a brain transplant? Because I don't think you can ever totally get rid of that like previous personality. Yeah, and it's good because we have Captain America who is like the 100% good one. Yes. We can't have no, everyone can't, like that. Everyone can't be good guys. Yeah. Um. So I like that he retains his... Dickishness. 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 This is a word. So let's go on to The Incredible Hulk from 2008. It was Ed Norton at the time. I did not like that. It it wasn't good. No. There's not much to it. It's the best Hulk movie because there was one that you've never seen with Eric Bana and uh, Hulk fights these Hulk dogs and then he punches Hulk dogs in their Hulk dog balls. (laughs) He punches Hulk dogs in their (laughs) Hulk dog balls. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad I didn't see that because that sounds real Do you remember bad. the bad guy from this Hulk movie? No. Exactly. It's Abomination. It was Tim Roth. Tim Roth's great. Is that he movie purple? Was not... No, he's 
gray-green. Who am I thinking of that's purple? I don't know. Okay. Oh, we'll get there. I think I think I know what you're talking about. Okay. We'll get there. Cool. Uh, then we got Iron Man 2. Remember that one? Yeah, it was awful. It was bad. It was awful because they were just trying to, you know, hitch on to the success of Iron Man 1. This is the point where they know that they have something big going and that movie is simply a lead-in for the other ones. Uh, John Favreau, who is great in a lot of things. I really a like great John director. Favreau. I feel he got screwed over on that. Mm-hmm. He got told to do these certain things. They didn't have enough time to do it. They fully admitted they didn't have enough yeah. time to do it. And it was a very bad movie. Maybe the worst one. I do like that they didn't scrap his character, though. Yeah. I like that he's Happy. he doesn't direct them anymore, but he's no. good in them. But he, like, he very much could have been, like, a one one-off character movie just in Iron Man and they yeah. could have gotten rid of it and um, I'm really happy that he's, he's useful later on he is useful and he does a good job of kind of he's kind of like an explainer almost yeah like for people who are he's like a big plot newer, he'll tell you he, everything. he'll yeah, yeah he'll fill you in because he's like your sidekick yeah so then we go on to Thor the first one do you remember that one yeah so I'm in the minority in this I like the Thor movies I like the Thor movies I think uh, Chris Hemsworth is that his name Thor. Thor. I just call him Thor. Call I Thor. think he's very charming. I think he's very funny. I do too. So he's good in that. That being said, uh, who's the villain in that movie? Oh, it's just Loki. It's Loki. Loki. Yeah, it's brother versus brother. Yeah, but I don't actually remember the... Oh, there's that big robot that shoots fire out of his face or something. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Natalie I... Portman's in it, but she's... Yes. Whatever. Stellar skateboard. Chris um, Hemsworth. And Stellan Tom Skarsgård's Hiddleston. in it. I guess I remember liking it, but I, I don't remember much about it now. I think Thor and Loki and Asgard are like one of my favorite kind of pieces of the Marvel universe. Yeah. Although I uh, was very sick of Loki. They kept bringing him back and, you know, I wanted something new. They could have done... He dies like three times and comes he back does. each time. They also could have done so much more with his character because yeah. it's such a cute, like smarmy like brother brother relationship and they do i think very little i think they do all right with that they could do more of course but Mm. because there's so much time with the two of them i like to see how their relationship evolves true uh then we had captain america the first avenger i was confused by this one how so there's so much flashback I remember well, it's being not just so much like, flashback. It takes place in the 40s for the most part. Yes, but it just felt it felt very all over the place to me. I liked that they let it take place in that time because that's Captain America's yeah. time and that they only brought him into the modern world at the very end. Right. Was Bucky the villain in this one no bucky is his best friend who does oh right 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 uh or or does he or does he oh i guess we're gonna do kind of spoilers but probably not too much through there so okay uh Um, red skull is the villain who inexplicably is in endgame at a very strange point yes um also nazis are the villains You know, one thing I did like is because there's all the um, magic Nazi stuff, Mm -hmm. and that stuff's real. Like, the Nazis did have a huge department that was looking into supernatural stuff and, like, real energy and the Thule Society and all that kind of stuff, which is fun. And trying to create the ultimate people. Yeah, well, that too. Which is what Captain America was. (laughs) They also thought that, like, there was a a spear of destiny that was literal and... But that's all kind of, that's for Uh. another podcast. But after that, we got to see the big joining up of The Avengers in 2011. Do you remember that? I do. I didn't like it. It was just so much, anytime there is a swarm of robot aliens, 
is completely inconsequential. Mm-hmm. The deaths mean nothing. You know that they're going to survive the Avengers, and then they can just kill all of these robots and smash them all they want. It felt like a reunion for something that hadn't actually happened yet. Yes, that's very <laughs> like, well put. Like, we see a whole bunch of characters that hadn't had movies yet, so we didn't mm-hmm. know about them. And we get introduced to, like, Hawkeye and oh, Black Widow, Hawkeye. who were another ones, who I don't like either of them. I know a I lot of people love Black, Black Widow. Widow. I don't I like her. I don't understand what Hawkeye's point is. I don't dislike Black Widow. She's just... They don't give her a backstory no. except in one flashback in another movie. And so how, why would I like her? Why Which would I care about her? why it felt like a reunion for something that hadn't happened yet. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, remember all these guys? And you're like, unless you read the comic books, you have no idea who these people yeah. are. And, it and was Hawkeye this... was lame in the comic books too, and he still is now. Yes. And it was the same with um, like the Red Witch and... Scarlet Witch, yeah. Yeah, the Scarlet Witch and her brother? Quicksilver. Quicksilver. Yeah. I had no idea who they were for most of the movie. Yeah. And, and I totally, nor should you. you. I had to turn and ask you, who is she again? <laughs> like, And that's a thing I think is a problem with a lot of the movies. You have to know stuff outside of the movies. Yes, and I don't. You have to know, not just from the comic books, but you have to follow, oh, the director said this and this and this. So that's why this makes sense. Yes. That's why the time travel is okay. Yes. But that's, that's asking too much of an audience. They introduced characters really kind of haphazardly mm-hmm. and there was no like Captain America got an entire movie about his backstory yeah. and like Hulk and got an entire movie about his backstory and like Iron Man got an entire movie yeah. so you know who these people are and yeah. you already care about them but the rest of the cast really felt like it was just like oh here's these people who all just get together assemble yeah and that was uh, the Joss Whedon directed one and Joss Whedon when he's funny he's funny yeah. when he's serious he's hilarious he does not <laughs> write that kind of stuff well and the yeah, Avengers, not great. Nope. But then we go on to Iron Man 3. Remember right. that? Yeah. Do you remember the bad guy? Kind of. Who was it? I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> I kind of like what they did with the bad guy because there's a little misdirect, and the misdirect part was fun, but then when you find out about the actual bad guys, it's just a bunch of glowing dudes. They can, like, blow up stuff or have hot hands. The movie was mediocre, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. I liked that they tried to do something that he has all these anxiety attacks now and a lot of the movie he didn't have his suit. And like he just kind of like really fights his almost like his destiny. Yeah, because the real best villain in the Iron Man comic world was alcoholism. Iron Man, Tony Stark has to deal with... He's an alcoholic in the comic books. <laughs> wow. And that's his greatest foe, really, in those ones. Right. And I could see why they didn't want to do that in a, in a big <laughs> Disney movie. But True. they made it him battling through this and, like, in this new world where aliens and gods exist. And I like that idea. I didn't think it was executed all that well, though. Because mm. I can't remember how it was executed. So how good could it have been? Exactly. Exactly. Okay, next. Uh, Thor 2, The Dark World. Do you remember that one? Exactly. <laughs> it was like about the reality stone? Um, I can't remember which stone, but yeah, one of them. It was the ether and it there's dark elves. Yes. It's that one. Yeah, okay. So that bad elf is, the, I guess, the bad guy. <laughs> is he a naughty elf? Yeah, he is, there's a real naughty elf and Thor has to fight him. Okay. I don't remember much about that one. I remember actually liking it more than most people because I think Chris Hemsworth is, uh, is charming. Mm-hmm. I really like the Thor character. Yeah. Next. Then it goes on to Captain America Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. I think this one was pretty good. Yeah. I I can't tell you much about it, though. 
it was more like espionage and that yes. was kind of fun it was a little it different. was a little darker a little less like they save the day yeah and like da 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 avengers it was more like back to just captain america and the winter soldier bucky then we have guardians of the galaxy I did like this one. I did too. It I was too. fun. It was silly. It didn't take itself very seriously. Um, having all that like catchy music in the soundtrack yeah. didn't hurt either. I liked how lighthearted it was. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was a good thing to follow Winter Soldier just because mm-hmm. Winter Soldier was a very serious movie. There wasn't a lot of moments where you kind of laughed and where it was funny. Um, and then Guardians of the Galaxy came along and it was like totally lighthearted and it really turned around from the last movie. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy are characters that I had known from the comic books. And when I heard they were making a movie, I thought this is going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. You have a guy named Star-Lord and a raccoon. Like, what are they going to do? And then I heard Bradley Cooper's playing the raccoon. And I said, this is going to be the worst. And then I really liked it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think it also brought in a lot more fans, like younger Younger fans, yeah, because everyone loves cute. Groot and the ca- the um the little raccoon and yeah. like everybody's funny, so it's yeah. it's it's really accessible. I liked uh, Drax was pretty funny too. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who Groot was. I didn't see Guardians of the Galaxy until like four years after it was released, <laughs> and I knew what Groot looked like, but I had no idea what he was or who he was or what his point was. Then we have Avengers: Age of Ultron, the second Avengers movie. Do you remember that one? Not really. Yeah, they're fighting another <laughs> robot and his team of robots. What else is new? Yeah, it was... I liked that James Spader did the voice of Ultron because he's creepy on his own, and yes. that was kind of fun. But just like with the comic books, I was like, well, if the villain's a robot, I'm not really into it. I think, like you said, this is like a trailer for upcoming Marvel movies. This yeah. was one where they set up a lot of the Marvel movies, which were like forthcoming. Yeah. They're really going into the Infinity Stones and all that. Yes, and they're, like, getting it all set up for the next, like, six movies. Yeah. And then we had Ant-Man. Right. So Ant-Man, I have mixed feelings about because originally it was going to be Edgar Wright directing it. Edgar Wright directed Shaun of the Dead, Baby Driver, and all sorts of great stuff. I really like him. But he's very stylized and has his own specific style. Mm -hmm. And he was going to have Simon Pegg play Ant-Man, who he works with a lot. And I was so excited for that. And then it all fell apart because I hear that uh, Edgar Wright wanted to do his style and Marvel people were not having that. So they brought in whoever directed it. I don't even know. And Paul Rudd. Right. Paul Rudd, I am a big fan of, actually. I like Paul Rudd. <laughs> so I, he was the only thing I liked about that movie. Yeah, he was funny. And... Do, do you remember the, the lady in it? Uh, Evangeline Lilly. I find her the most charmless person ever. Yeah. I don't know what it is, and I'm sure she's nice and maybe great in other things. I've seen her in two movies in this world, and I just don't care about her. She's like a sip of warm water. (laughs) Like, she's just so... She's just there, I guess. Yeah. I feel like they should have gone further in either direction. They should have had someone just as quippy as Paul Rudd, or they should have had someone so deadpan it was funny in the other direction. Exactly. She was so middle of the road. Yeah. And I think that if she, they had had someone who was really stern and like... That would be fun. And that then would he has be to win her funny. over. Yeah. Um, or someone just as quippy and they could be like a tag team, like yep. hilarious superhero team. And it would be... It would have been better either way. Yes. But as it is, not a great movie. No. 
Then we had Captain America Civil War, which I hear is good, and it looks like it's good, but at the time I didn't really think it was great. It was just like a bunch of big fights. This was the one with the fight at the airport, right? Yes. Yes. I I felt like it was a lot of noise and flashing screens. Yes. And like not a lot of outcome. But I did like the idea of it that Mm -hmm. Iron Man thinks there should be more control of these superheroes Mm -hmm. and Captain America being like true to his idea of freedom thinks that 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 is limiting and stifling it's a great idea and the civil war comic books were were great for that idea and it is something that plays out later once we get to endgame right because this was another one that sets it up for endgame yeah and it really starts to kind of introduce you and like ease you into the idea that there's going to be this big bigger battle because this was still a pretty big battle yeah and then we go to oh and that's when spider-man comes back right to this world too homecoming yeah Yes, also like the Spider-Man Homecoming movie, the title is a reference to studio disputes and rights of characters. And it has nothing to do with actual Spider-Man. But anyways, uh, then we go on to Doctor Strange. Yes. Um, I don't remember who the bad guy was. I guess it was just that guy with like ashes under his eyes. Yes. Yeah. He was like a bad witch or something. Oh, the purple guy, the bad guy was from Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, yes. Right, right, right. We won't break by that. I totally forgot about him. I really like Benedict Cumberbatch. That didn't sound convincing. I do. Okay. I do. I was trying to remember his name while I was saying it. Uh, I I didn't like him in this, though. I I didn't didn't like him in this. No. No, he's been in lots of things where I've been like... Yes, he's a very talented actor. very talented actor, and you're very handsome. Yeah. But... This just lukewarm again, middle of the road. He was like a not as good Tony Stark. Yes, and that's that's exactly it. He was trying to be an asshole. He's like, I'm all arrogant in the top of my game. Oh no, something happens to me and I have to relearn everything again. It's I saw that was Iron Man One. Journey of the and Tony Iron Man Stark One was pretty on. good, yeah. It was like um uh when Iron Man was it Iron Man three when he has PTSD and he has to like kinda overcome it to yes. come back. Yeah, so that was like Doctor Strange Versus Iron Man 3. Oh, I thought it was more like Iron Man 1 because it was like this doctor slash billionaire who loses his hands slash has shrapnel in his body, comes back, has to go to rock bottom in Tibet slash uh, Afghanistan. Yeah. And build himself up into a superhero. True. And then he learns to become magical. Yeah. Either way. And that's the thing always in all of these that I know a lot of people were angry that the ancient one who was always portrayed as an Asian person in the comic books is Tilda Swinton in this. And, I liked But Tilda, Tilda Swinton's Swinton. good, so She's I have much really less of an, yeah. a deal with it. The thing that I might have more issue is there's all these people who have been studying this their entire lives, but then like a rich white guy with a fancy car comes along and does it better than all of them right away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Doctor Strange looked cool. Not a great movie. Hmm. Then we have Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yes. It was good. It was good. It wasn't as good as Guardians of the Galaxy 1. I remember yeah. not liking it quite as much. It was, uh, his dad is Kurt Russell and his dad is a planet, maybe? <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot his dad was a planet. Right, that's it right. Did, I think it just because it didn't make a whole lot of sense. That can't be right. Is that right? Or am I thinking Moana when in Moana her mom is an island? Her mom is not an island. That island in Moana is her mom. Everyone is going to listen to this and be like, oh, yeah, of course. I didn't no. know why I didn't see it before. Moana's Moving mom is the lady on the, to... on the island. <laughs> Married no, to the that's chief. His, that's his aunt. No. That's her aunt. No. Okay. Moving on. Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Yeah, it was good, I guess. You get Baby Groot. People love that. Baby Groot. Then you get Spider-Man Homecoming. 
I like that one. We just talked about Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, I just talked about the title. Oh, (laughs) okay. So Spider-Man Homecoming, I got to see something that I never thought I would see in my life. What? And that was... A good Spider-Man movie? Uh, I'd argue Spider-Man 1 and 2 of the original three were pretty good. But no, a brown bully in Flash Thompson. Flash Thompson had always been a uh, blonde jock. And now he's like a rich brown kind of nerd. No, not nerd, but like a smart guy who's who's rich and privileged. Yeah, because he goes to a special high school, right? Like, so it's all smart people. I think so. Yeah. And I like that because it's kind of changing with the times, not just the fact that they're including people that aren't white, but that the face of a bully has changed. I think I said this after we saw the most recent Spider-Man, Far From Home. I really enjoy that the people that they picked look like kids. Yeah, it's They're a high school movie. They're not the hottest 18-year-olds in Hollywood who are playing these, like, heroes or, like, sidekicks or whatever. Yeah. They look like they could be people you go to high school with. And I really appreciate that they went that way. Yeah, I love the casting on the Spider-Man movies. Yeah. I think Homecoming was quite a good movie. Yeah. Me too. Then we have Thor Ragnarok in 2017, and this was the Taika Waititi-directed one. Right. I think it was one of my favorite. It was really good. It was funny. You got Goldblum being Goldblum. You have Taika Waititi uh, voicing that rock guy. Mm -hmm. You have funny interactions with Thor and Hulk. Yes. You have a cool hero in uh, Valkyrie. Yes. And I thought the villain of Hela. Hell? Hela. Hela. I've been reading like the actual Norwegian stuff lately, and there it's just hell. I think. Mm, yeah. Um, who plays her? Blanchett? Kate Blanchett? I think so. Oh. Let's say it's Kate Blanchett or someone Kate Blanchett like, and she was interesting too. I agree. I do love that Loki was kind of on Thor's side this time, and then was willing to sell him out, but then maybe not. Yeah. It was fun. It's a good. It's a good relationship, and they're really playing it playing it well okay next then we have black panther which is maybe the most well-loved and successful of them i really liked it i liked it i don't think it was necessarily a good movie it had a lot of great things that the other movies haven't had the guts to do black people well that too yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that's one part of it multiple black people (laughs) but the fact that their villain, uh, played by Michael B. Jordan, mm-hmm. he was great. He stole the show for me. Yes. No, he was great. So the things that I like about it that other movies hadn't done is having a villain who's kind of right. Mm-hmm. The villain was, he was not wrong. And the villain changes the hero's mind. Yes. So that I really liked that there was some nuance to both the hero and the villain. It's not just all bad versus all good. It's a complicated subject mm-hmm. and they portrayed it like that. And also that they had a villain who just won't quip. He's not going to say funny things. No, he was very deadpan. He's deadpan. He does his thing. I don't think he has one funny line. And that was awesome because it allows those side characters to be funny. Yes, like his sister. Yeah, she was. Oh, she was really good. Fantastic. She stole the show. And she's a smart. The leader of the Royal Guard. Yes. She was. She was really good, too. But I like that they made the sister smart and funny. Yeah. Because I feel like the Marvel comic universe will make a woman like funny or like useful and funny. But they won't make her like a genius because the sister is creating all sorts of technology and amazing things and and she's funny yeah a lot of the traits that are often rolled into one character they spread it out more like there's the fierceness of the the royal guard leader i forget her name Mm -hmm. there's kind of the the noble 
Black Panther. There's yes. the smart and funny Suri, I think, the sister. Something I think like so, that. So, yeah. And then someone who is really trying to be ambitious and try to do the best thing, but not mm-hmm. in the best way with uh, Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger. I know with this one, I was really happy to have another standalone, like, backstory movie. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the, like, middle movies that we've talked about so far. It's all sequels. It's all sequels. And then Ant-Man, all which wasn't good. building off of a whole bunch of stuff. It relates to other characters. I was really happy to have another Marvel movie that was just Black Panther. There was and no Infinity Stones. There was no, like, interference from the rest of the MCU. It yeah. was just Black Panther, and we really got to get immersed into it. And then we see him in other movies, but I really liked getting to know him. Yeah, and I got to see my apartment in it. Because oh, yeah. a bunch of it was shot in Busan, South Korea, where I used to live. So that was really cool to yes. see on screen. And every so often you'd be like, oh, I used to go there every weekend. Yeah. And like, <laughs> It was all by Galmegi and Galmegi Brewery, shout out. Oh. And uh, Gwangan Beach. It was pretty cool. That's awesome. Okay, what's next? Then we have Avengers Infinity War. Right. So Infinity War was kind of a touchstone of my childhood. That epic, I had to go to the comic book store every week because those those would sell out. Mm-hmm. And it would jump around to lots of different different comic books. So you had to like read them all to find out what was going on. Right. And it was such a big thing when I was, I don't know, seven or something. I loved it. You did so many more things when you were way younger than I did. <laughs> <laughs> Reading comic books. But the movie itself, uh, did you like it? Uh, Not really. I don't know. It was like, it was satisfying because it was accumulation of so many movies. And so you really get a lot of answers and um, you get to see what they've been teasing for like 10 movies. Um, But I don't know. I don't think I really like overall. I thought I liked it. Because I think I just liked seeing all those things that I loved as a child on screen. But I'm having a lot of trouble remembering what even happened in that movie. I liked Thanos. I thought he was well done. Yes, I like Thanos. He somehow was charismatic, even though he's mostly just a CG Josh Brolin. I I still liked seeing him on screen. He's kind of lovable. I don't know about lovable. I'd say interesting, but sure. Maybe you love him. Lovable is the wrong word. But it's like he's very... Like, almost... They give him a lot of human attributes. Mm -hmm. And so it's really, like, interesting that you kind of build a little bit of empathy for him. Yeah. Just because he seems more human than, like, some of those robots that we see in the earlier movies. That's the thing. And, again, like I always say, if it's It's an army of robots, I don't care. Yeah. Because it doesn't matter. One weird thing about it was his motivation was to stop overpopulation. It's true. Yeah. That's That's a weird. weird thing. Mm-hmm. So what I liked in the comic books is that he was infatuated with death. And in the comic books, death was a, like a literal figure. He yeah. was in love with death. He was kind of a, a religious zealot in some ways, but what he worshipped was death. Like and that's why he wanted death. to yeah. kill, was that he was uh, honoring death, who right. he who he worshipped. And in this one, it's just like, oh, there's too many people. We should uh, help everyone by killing half of them. I don't think that's... It just doesn't it doesn't hold up if you really think about it. It's kind of silly. Yeah. It's true. It really left you hanging for another like 2 years before they I think t- it's just 1 year before. Was it just 1 year? Yeah. It felt long. Um and I didn't like I understand a cliffhanger, but there was like very little explanation of what had actually happened. Okay, I'm going to do spoilers for like 30 seconds if okay. you haven't seen it. So starting now. 
close to the end, I thought if he snaps his fingers, kills everyone, and then just looks out over the sunset, I'll be so happy. <laughs> and then he did it, but then I just felt like that undermines everything because I know all these characters are coming coming back. Oh yeah, you know, Black you, Panther you makes can't too much kill money. Off most of the MCU, yeah, and then just keep going because we knew there were more movies coming. Yeah, and then that made death completely inconsequential. Yes, it already was pretty inconsequential because lots of people, Nick Fury, had died and. Pretended to die and came back. Loki died a bunch and came back. So it's just more like, oh, death doesn't really matter. Then the stakes don't really matter. True. All right. Done in spoilers. Okay. Should we move on Welcome to... Welcome back. <laughs> Should we move on to yes. Ant-Man and Wasp? Yes. I don't know. That was not good. Do you remember it? I remember it. I liked it. Who's the bad guy? A ghost? No, remember she turns out to be good. There was like a yellow jacket or something. He's like another waspy kind of. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, uh, I don't know. It felt like something that could have been in Infinity War for like twenty five minutes. I liked the parts where Paul Rudd was under house arrest playing with his daughter that was the best part of the movie yes and like at the end when he's playing drums yeah <laughs> like... oh the ant playing drums mm-hmm. and i liked his um his friend sidekick who's in those movies yes he's funny moving along captain marvel from 2019 yes you carol like... carol danvers yeah i feel like you like this one liked this one um it was nice to see a strong female superhero um that didn't have like a romantic interest who wasn't like partially motivated by romance or by like she wasn't a side character to a bigger male character yeah Yeah. she was standalone she had some of the avengers with her but it wasn't like like a a footnote to the rest of the Avengers movies. Mm -hmm. I like enjoyed meeting her. I wish we had met her a little bit sooner because it was weird to go back that far again. Right. The thing I didn't like about it, I think, was most of these movies are fan service. So Mm -hmm. much like, hey, remember this? Look what we did. Ha ha. We're so clever. And this had a lot of that. It was just like, hey, remember the 90s? Look at this. It was the 90s. Remember? Yeah, yeah, I remember. (laughs) And they just kept... It was enjoyable for a while yeah. because I also, like, I fall into that trap of like, oh, yeah, 90s, great. I actually remember that because I don't remember the 40s despite being 92, 91, whatever we decided. Yeah, you're 91. Right. And how they did the, oh, look, we're going to show you the origin of all these things. Nick Fury lost his eye to a cat monster. Ha ha. <laughs> and, and that kind of stuff didn't work for me. I also thought Did Brie you find Larson... it, like, a little bit pandering? Like, Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Brie Larson. Brie Larson, right? yes. I felt she's just all right. Oh, I really liked her. Yeah, she's fine. I really like Brie Larson. Um, she's one of those child actors who didn't get all crazy and like... Oh, I didn't know she was a child actor. Yeah. I actually only know her from like one episode of Community. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, no, she was she was a child actor. Huh. Maybe I've seen her and stuff I didn't even realize. Probably. I feel like she's one of those people who took a break and went to like college. Mm-hmm. And so you didn't see her while she was kind of growing up and becoming like an adult. And right. she came back like as an adult actor. All right. Well, overall, I think it was the better half of the movies. There is one shot in it where it's her like standing up. Do you know what I'm talking about? And it was kind of all these flashbacks to like girls standing up. Yes. And kind of overcoming things. And it was like... Guys, you're just clearly pandering, and it absolutely worked. Because I was like, yes, she's getting up. And it really worked for me. So although pandering, I, I fell for that one. 
Yes, I I think she, it was also a really cool like girl power move. Much better than one we'll talk about later with Endgame. Yes. And then that brings us to Endgame. But let's skip over it for right now and let's do the new Spider-Man. Uh, Far From Home. Far From Home. Yes. That I really liked. Um, I really liked it. I really, really enjoy the new Spider-Man kind of storyline. Yeah. And I really enjoy all of his friends and I really enjoy that they just let them be kids. They have kid problems. Usually when they try to modernize something that's been done before, they go too far. And I like how they're doing it with him. They're still making it very much that he's in a high school, but he looks like he is in a high school today. And it is a diverse crew and it's not being forced down your throat. Look, we have all these different ethnicities. It's just like, yeah, that's what a school in New York looks like. They never talk about the fact that they're different ethnicities. Yeah, it's just, that's just what it is. Because I feel like sometimes in movies you get like, a diverse crew and they're like oh well i'm i'm asian so you know and yeah. like they really have to like hit it on the head that they, they make included it diverse, diversity but then they make it more stereotypical yes. too yeah. um whereas these people like his girlfriend is black and he has like an asian best friend mm-hmm. and the villain is um like brown and it's just like it's really nice because we never discuss it yeah we just never we never talk about That's it. just how it is it's just how it is that's how his friends are And another thing I liked about bringing it into today, I'll try to say this without giving any spoilers, (laughs) but this is the only time that you could have Mysterio again, because that was someone I knew from the comic books, and I was like, he's going to look stupid in a movie. He works in the 60s, but now, and especially how they brought Mysterio into this one... I thought it was great. I thought Gyllenhaal was very good. I like Jake Gyllenhaal Yeah, in this so I really like that. So as we get into Avengers Endgame, I think there'll be some spoilers on this one. So let's say there's going to be spoilers for the next 14 minutes. Endgame. Yeah, let's talk Endgame. Man, we've been talking for a long time already. This is going to be a long one. But overall, what do you think of Endgame? I liked it. It was a lot all at once um, because I feel like they tried really, really hard to tie up all those storylines. It felt like a lot of homework. Basically, they were like, okay, here's all my final assignments. Here you go. Here you go. Here you go. Mm -hmm. And it just really tied up all these storylines all almost too neatly. Mm hmm. And And then not enough of them had enough time to, like, breathe. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, oh, okay, this person's done. Oh, okay, this is how this person dies. Oh, okay, this is how this ends. Oh, okay, they're together now. Oh, he's the new Captain America. And it's just, like, it felt very rushed. And it felt like they had a checklist of things um, that they had to get done in three hours or however long it was. It was long. It It was was too too long. long. First thing, it was too long. And this was the ultimate in fan service. Yes. They did so many things just to please, like, a group of angry Twitter users rather than doing what they thought would be the best story, I True. think. True. And it, it's apparent and it's, I felt cheated. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I feel as strong now, but I remember right at the end of it, I turned to you and I was just like, this is the, this is the worst one. Yes. This is the worst Marvel movie and I've I ever seen. And I agreed with you. It was terrible, and now I don't feel as strong, but yes. I also don't remember as much. Mm-hmm. But this it was too one, much packed in one movie. It's universally loved, pretty much. That's weird. On IMDb, it's in the top thirty movies of all time. That's crazy. It's ranked higher than any movie we've done on this podcast thus That's far. insane. It is. It's not that good. Mm-mm. So I know with any comic book movie, any kind of fantasy movie, you can't sit there and pick apart plot holes because there are going to be some that's just the nature of it yes but what endgame does it invites that criticism because it points it out Mm -hmm. 
if you're going to make a point of saying, oh, only someone godlike can touch an infinity stone. You can't have Hawkeye running around with six infinity stones. In his hand, yeah. You specifically told me that. I am not drawing these rules. You made those rules and then you're breaking them. Yes. And I don't like that they contradicted as much as they did. Like, um, oh, like Thor's hammer. All of a sudden, everyone can touch it. Like, yeah. It meant something. It was special yes. because of that. And now, like, Captain America is also Thor and exists in multiple timelines and is in the background of all of these movies, typically. Yes. Aging? I don't know. It was uh, it was very confusing. Their time travel doesn't have any rules. And I know time travel is always going to be tricky in movies, but in something like Back to the Future, like, these are the rules. Sure, they don't make sense, mm-hmm. but they stick with those rules at yes. least. So you accept it and the conventions of that movie, that's how it works. But this kept undoing those things. Yes, they, they had very, very like concrete rules throughout most of the Marvel movies. Yes. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, that person can fly for no reason. Oh, that person can do magic. Like, yeah. And it just, it didn't make a lot of sense just because all, uh, all these things that we'd learned watching 15 movies 30 <laughs> somewhere in between yeah between 15 to 30 movies and reading the comics and tv shows and yeah. like we're not even talking about the tv shows it it's kind of disappointing because you think you've learned so much about the marvel universe and you're a big fan and you're and, putting in that time and yeah, doing that learn. homework and then it doesn't matter and then all of a sudden it's like oh p.s nothing matters yeah yeah, his new axe, Stormbreaker, sometimes it can do anything. Sometimes Thanos can use a sword and just like knock it away. Yeah. And then with the time travel, so someone can look at it now and go like, well, why didn't they just go back to the easiest time to get the stones? And that makes sense. But you're like, oh, well, that doesn't make a good movie. But in the movie itself, they go somewhere, fail, and they go, oh, let's go back to an easier time and do it then. Just do that. Don't yeah. go steal it from the Avengers. Go steal it while it's sitting in a locker someplace. Yes. I did like, talking about time travel, I did like that Captain America got to go back and be with Agent Carter. Mm-hmm. And like he had like kind of a happy ending. So then was he in the background of all of these Avengers movies then? Probably. Why wouldn't he like help out or tell people like, hey, this is going to happen. That person's going to die. Because he was you know. busy being with his love. You could send a letter. (laughs) Send a letter, You have 40 years to prepare for these things. Hey, Cap. He could have stopped the JFK assassination, Martin Luther King. Write a book. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It it, it seems selfish on his part, but I was happy that they finally got their happy ending because that that was one of the things that made me really sad. And with the time travel, too, they introduce all this jargon. Tony Stark makes it very technical, but then it's also just kind of magic. And then other people can do it whenever. But there's such specific rules. We can't go more than once. But yeah, kind of we can. And also Thanos can just travel here, too. Thanos can do whatever he wants. Yeah. So after Comic-Con this year, which was a couple months ago, I heard you say that you weren't sure that you were going to continue on in the Marvel Universe. Uh, I think I'm done. Which makes me sad because we've put it all this time. (laughs) Yeah, we would go see all of the new ones in theaters. And Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do that. Do you want to go see the new Shang-Chi movie? Is that what they're doing? The new movies for all these characters that were kind of third rate in the 70s, but now they have their own movies. Yeah, I still want to see all the MCU movies. Uh, They have enough of my money. (laughs) I guess I'm taking myself on a date. (laughs) And and everyone out there, this is what you should do. Demand better. Mm -hmm. 
they're not going to make these types of movies any better if we just keep going and seeing them. True. If we demand better, support the ones that are good, that we actually feel good about spending the money on, we'll get better movies. And no one is. We're going to see it because we feel obligated to. I didn't go see Ant-Man versus the Wasp because I was super excited. I had to see it so I would know what's going on. True. They're making us need to see these movies. They're making us obligated to see these movies. I want to see very few of them now. <laughs> and I think uh, the only way I can really do that outside of arguing on this podcast that no one listens to is with my money. People and listen I'm not to gonna... this podcast. <laughs> but I'm not going <laughs> to put my money into movies that I'm only seeing because... I feel like I need to or else I'm missing out on something. Okay. I understand. I'm still going to see them. I'll see some of them. I've put in so much time. That's... I'll see the, the Thor one. Okay. And some others. Thor it on again. Yeah. Should we talk about the, the moment of pandering to women in this one? Yes. So there's a shot where it's all of every female character mm -hmm. and they all kind of join up into one team. The only thing is, none of these characters ever met each other before. No, there's so many characters. There's a few characters that met. Yeah. Um, but it's like four of them. And the rest of them are like, oh, I'm just going to go hang out with these guys. It's like, hey, you know what? I have a vagina. Let's all stand together and yeah. pose and then go fight people. Because then it shows that Marvel is progressive. Yes. You know what would be progressive? Having a female-led little strike team that has men on it and it doesn't make a big point out of it. No. It can show like, oh, yeah, women can do these things without it being like forced affirmative action is what it looks like in this shot. Yeah. Um, my big problem with that movie was when they spent eight minutes assembling and then once they were all assembled. Once they've been fighting for a half hour yeah they all said avengers assemble and you have to say we're like it. we're already assembled though. we're here that's supposed to be the way that you call us yeah not once we're all standing in the rubble like looking fierce i guess something i did like about it is i liked that they gave time to let the grief kind of breathe yes. in it they because half of the world is gone and i did not expect them to take as much time showing the world after this and the after effects. And that, that was, was very really interesting. That was really nice. Yeah. I was a little worried that they wouldn't, mm -hmm. that they'd just be like, oh, they're back. Yeah. <laughs> like, all of a sudden everyone's back and there would be no, like, consequences for it. Yeah. Because that would be a huge disaster for the world. Yeah. But that being said, it's at the beginning of the movie and it has all that time. But then you look at it as a portion of the movie in general. And it is actually a pretty small portion. Yes, the movie is. was so long. It did not need to. It should have been two movies. Yeah. yeah. One Marvel. You could have taken twice as much money. It could have been a trilogy <laughs> with those Infinity ones. Yes. And the whole success of this entire movie predicates on Doctor Strange just believing that, like, a mouse will walk across the machine and bring Ant-Man back, and then he's going to know how to time travel now. Yeah. He's like, oh, it was my plan all along. How, how is that your how? plan all along? Also, if he can, like, see the future and, like, know things, how did he not know, like, who lives and who dies or, like, yeah. how to beat, like, Thanos and how to get the Infinity Stones? Why don't they time travel back to the point where they almost had the glove off of him, but then Star-Lord messed it up? Yeah. That'd be easy. There are so many things that he could have used his power for that were better and more, like, impressive. And efficient. And now anyone can come back because we have main characters dying in this. Yes. But does it matter? Because yeah. we've brought back other people. We brought back everyone from the snap. We yeah. brought back Gamora 
from a different timeline. Yes. So really anyone could come back. You could have Iron Man in a movie. It's next true. Year. Um, I really like the term off world. <laughs> I don't know why. Like when um, in Spider-Man Far From Home, he's like, well, can't this person do it? Can't this person do it? Can't this person do it? And they're all like off world or busy or away. Or oh, yeah. like... Well, they, they need a way to explain why Captain Marvel can't just save everything yes. because she's so much more powerful than yes. everything. And I guess that was an issue I had with her characters. She's so much more powerful she's than everyone. Powerful, yeah. When you have Captain Marvel, who's pretty much can do anything and destroy planets if she wanted to. Yeah. And then you have Black Widow, who's like a good fighter. Yeah. She could punch someone real hard. <laughs> she's good at kicking. <laughs> yeah. It's It seems odd. I get that they have to give Iron Man a big send off and be like self-sacrificing, but he's made that sacrifice already. That happened in Avengers 1. Yeah. Yeah. Multiple times. Yeah. We're, we're like... I like that he has a family. He's kind of got some resolution. I liked that turn, but then it just comes back to how it was a few movies ago. Mm -hmm. So ultimately, all that family stuff didn't mean nearly as much. I guess it makes his sacrifice greater, perhaps? Yes, yeah. because he, he wants to stay for his daughter. Yeah. And then he leaves her. And yeah, I I don't know. But one thing we disagree on, Fat Thor. Oh, I liked Fat Thor. I did not. So this is a man whose entire species, essentially, his planet has been wiped out, and he can't cope with it. He's an alcoholic, he's gained all sorts of weight, and that's hilarious. <laughs> it's not funny. This man needs help. Yeah. He was a literal god. He was the leader of his people, and he's, he's just an alcoholic now, playing video games. It's so sad. It's super sad. And then they have a moment where... He goes and he meets his mom who gets murdered. Yes. And I get they let a little bit of emotion seep through there, but not not enough. His character is not served well by this movie. All Marvel movies have this really annoying tendency that anytime something serious happens, they immediately have to undercut it with something quippy and comedic. Yes. And it's too much. Like Joss Whedon a... started that and it, it was snowballed from there and it there's too many quips yes. need to... this could have been a really good teaching moment about mental health as well could have been they did that with iron man 3 yes but then poor thor like rocket literally slaps him across the face and says snap out of it yeah and he's like oh, okay <laughs> i'm fat now whatever and i i agree with this like with your overview of that i think one thing that i really like is that when he does kind of get it together and like comes out for his team he's not like, there's no workout montage where he gets all buff again. I assumed there was going to be so one. So did I. And that's I thought the they way can't that have a whole movie of that. That's Thor. the way that it usually goes. But I like that he just continued being Fat Thor. And apparently Chris Hemsworth fought for that. Oh, well, that's good. I feel like that's the way that it would have gone. Yeah. And they wanted to keep, he wanted to keep Fat Thor in the movie because he thought it was like, it was very realistic and it sense. was a good way to kind of deal with that. Mm -hmm. So he fought to keep him fat. I hope Thor and Star-Lord, Chris Pratt, are not in movies together because they keep, they do the same thing and it's, I don't like the two of them together. Yeah. You need to separate them. Yeah. But they look like Thor was joining them. It does. Yeah, because they're on the, the ship together. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, let's wrap up this really big preamble because we still have an actual movie to talk about. Yes, we do. So, do you have a favorite of these movies? Probably Black Panther. Yeah, Black I Panther. I think my favorite Marvel movies are none of these. Like, I liked Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh-huh. 
I liked Big Hero 6. I do like Big Hero 6. I like X-Men 2, but none of those are in this world. So in this world, Spider-Man Far From Home is the most recent, so that kind of jumps out at me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ragnarok was pretty good, and the first Iron Man, I think, maybe. Okay. But I do, I do like the whole Thor um, universe. He's probably my favorite sure. character. Like, which... I really enjoy... Um, I like Asgard. I think it's because it's so pretty, too. Yeah, like but it's... now it's gone. Yeah, yeah. It was gorgeous to look at. Yeah. It was. It made a very beautiful movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think overall, Black Panther is my favorite. It was a good one. It has a lot of things wrong with it. There's a lot of bad CG in it. Yeah. Which I don't know how in a movie that big they can make that all those people standing on the waterfall look so terrible. Yes, I, I didn't. It did not fit with the rest of it. But either way, it it's a good one. So, Indy, it's your week. What are we watching this week? All right, our next movie is going to be a film from the great year 1990. We're both alive, at least in this we one. We are. And we are going to be watching Edward Scissorhands. Oh, okay. Do you know anything about Edward Scissorhands? Um, it's Johnny Depp, right? Mm-hmm. And he has scissors for hands? It, it's aptly titled, yes, it yes. is. Yes, okay. I think that's all I know about it, though. All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk about Johnny Depp. Okay. So we're here in 2019, and um, we have to imagine a time that before Johnny Depp was uh, just a terrible person. Yes. Before Johnny Depp was just a um, a loose collection of scarves and chains. <laughs> That's a really good way to put it. Before Johnny Depp would just play every character who could be described as quirky, or he could have big hair and do some makeup stuff yeah. and work with Tim Burton on all sorts of garbage. Yes. This is the first movie that Johnny Depp and Tim Burton did together. Oh, interesting. And I would say it's the second best of them. Hmm. It's also the second best movie with the two of them where he plays someone named Ed. Because Ed Wood is actually, I think, better than Edward Scissorhands. Oh, really? But this is a really good movie, too. Okay. Have you seen any of the many Johnny Depp, Tim Burton movies? Is Nightmare Before Christmas a Johnny Depp movie? It is not. It is a Tim Burton movie. Okay. Uh, he wrote and produced it and kind of designed a lot of it. Right. Okay. Uh, but they've worked together on eight movies, I guess. Uh, Edward Scissorhands was first, then Ed Wood, which is fantastic. Sleepy Hollow. Which... Seen that with Christina Ricci? Yes. Yes. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I've seen that. Which I actually did like. It I liked the, be- the first one better, but I thought it was pretty good too. Uh, Corpse Bride. I don't think I've seen that one. Sweeney Todd. No, I have not seen that one. Alice in Wonderland. I have seen that one. Which was terrible. It was. And Dark Shadows. No, I haven't seen that one. So bad. Oh my god. So we're getting progressively worse. Yeah, I think it's... And then there's another Alice in Wonderland again that came out. Oh yeah, there's there's more than one. It's like a series now. Yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty fair to say that they get worse as you go along because (laughs) the first two, the, the two Ed ones, are fantastic. Then you have Sleepy Hollow and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, which are good and fun in a lot of ways. And then it gets really bad with Alice in Wonderland and Dark Shadows. Mm-hmm. But outside of his uh, Johnny Depp work, do you know Tim Burton? Not really, no. So he is someone who, like many high school students at that time, I thought he was so great because he did 
uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, Edward Scissorhands, all sorts of things. But he's also someone who I can't even say I'm a fan anymore because he's done more bad movies than good movies. Right. The good ones were really good, but he, like we were talking about um, De Niro and Pacino, how they've become kind of caricatures of themselves. Yes. I think we could say the same for Tim Burton's directing. It looks like a film student who really loved Tim Burton, but never really developed their own style and, and is looks... trying to just be tim burton yeah, yeah and it seems very forced now the things uh... that used to be really natural for him right i could see that i think edward scissorhands is one where his style is really really coming into its own okay he's kind of famous for these like gothic looking things right and edward scissorhands is is kind of a, the opposite of Dog Day Afternoon in a lot of ways, because oh. Dog Day Afternoon was very journalistic and documentary. Yes. Edward Scissorhands is very stylized. Mm. You can just look at a scene and guess what the director's trying to make you feel. Right. Always. Okay. Well, I can't say that I know much about this movie other than, like, I'm sure I've seen, like, pictures and stuff from the movie with Johnny Depp. Yeah, it also stars Winona Ryder. Right, yes. Who, she wasn't always just a mom on Stranger Things. I know it's a shock to many of you, our younger listeners. She was very great in her own she right. Was. And this was kind of close to her peak, I think, yeah. in 1990. Is this um, pre-shoplifting? I think it's pre-all that stuff. Pre-all that stuff, okay. Yeah. Uh, it also is maybe the last credit for Vincent Price. Do you know oh, Vincent Price at I don't. All? Vincent Price is maybe my favorite actor of all time. He's mm. in the top five for sure. He is kind of synonymous with horror movies. Oh, interesting. Okay. He will eventually watch some of his there. There's a lot of really good ones. Tim Burton is such a huge fan that he always wanted to work with Vincent Price. He even oh. made a movie. One of his first shorts that he made was about... It was kind of autobiographical, but he called himself Vincent, and it was just about a little boy who was troubled and wanted to be just like Vincent Price. And he got Vincent Price to narrate for him. Oh, cool. And this is a movie that features Vincent Price a little bit, and it's definitely an homage to all the movies that Tim Burton grew up watching. Okay. I'm excited to see the trailer. You don't have to hide from me. I'm as harmless as cherry pumpkin. Those are your hands. Those are your hands. I think you should just come home with me. Joyce, I just saw this strange guy driving with Peg. Did you get a good look at it? Hi! Scissors! Whoa! A handshake you got there, Ed. <laughs> Ken, this is Edward who's gonna live with us. Well, this must be quite a change for you, right, Ed? Those things are cool. Can I bring him to show and tell on Monday? He's a highly imaginative character. It seems clear that his awareness of what we call reality is radically underdeveloped. Eddie, you take my very breath away. Do you have a girlfriend? Oh. <laughs> is there some special lady in your life? Hey! 
after he skewered Kim. Just a scratch. The power of Satan is in him. I can feel it. All along, I felt in my gut there was something wrong with him. From Tim Burton comes the most incredible tale of a most unusual character. Edward Scissorhands. Hold me. What do you think? Um, I'm excited. It looks really good. What kind of movie does it look like to you? Like a romance? Kind of. Kind of yeah. comedy romance? I think what it is is a movie type that we don't get nearly as much these days. It's a fairy tale more than anything. Oh. Or kind of a fable almost. Right. And we only really get that in children's movies, animated movies specifically. Mm-hmm. And you don't really see that kind of thing coming out in a in a live action movie that's right. targeted at adults. Yes. The other year there was one that was very successful, uh, The Shape of Water. Right. Did you ever see that one? I did not. It's it's good, but I understand how a lot of people complain about it because everyone who's bad is very bad. There's this romance story that is kind of creepy in a way, but if you thought of it as a Disney movie, it makes perfect sense. Okay. And that's the same with Edward Scissorhands. It can't be taken very literally, uh-huh. but the ideas of it are kind of important. Right. And is Edward Scissorhands Disney? I don't think it is. I think it's Warner Brothers, but uh, let me see. I know a lot of Tim Burton's early stuff was Disney, even Mm -hmm. though it wasn't always labeled as so. Right. Because when he was working for Disney as, I'm not sure what he was doing, he wasn't a director at the time. Okay. He came up with the idea for Nightmare Before Christmas. So even years later, once he had left the company, Disney still owns the rights to anything you think of while you work for them. Yes, I did. I do know that. So when it came out, Nightmare Before Christmas didn't have any Disney branding on it. But then it became more successful over the years. Now they started writing Disney's Nightmare Before Christmas, which you didn't used to see. No. Edward Scissorhands is a Fox production. Oh, interesting. Okay. Well, I'm excited to watch it. I think it's going to be one that I assume is going to be one, like a movie that I like. I think you will. It's It's really sweet in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I like it... Because when you're kind of in this fantasy setting, this fairy tale setting, it relies on really simple human emotions. And right. it's a really simple story in a lot of ways. Okay. And I know I always talk about my German expressionist films, but this movie is almost a remake of The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, mm. which we will one day get to. That's the goal of this You've whole podcast. You've mentioned it at least once. Oh, many times, I think. <laughs> I love that movie. And this is takes so much out of it. Interesting. Okay, well, I'm excited. Um, should we go watch? Yeah, right now. Right Let's now. Go. Let's, Let's go. drop what we're going to do and watch Edward Scissorhands instead. Sorry, we can't come for dinner. We have to watch movies. Yeah. <laughs> and well, everyone else out there, too, go watch Edward Scissorhands. It's from 1990. It's available on all sorts of platforms, I'm sure. There's Blu-rays and DVDs, and maybe some streaming service has it. Maybe. But go to your library. They probably have it. Yes. It's uh, 105 minutes. Oh, it, quick. Yeah, relative to some of the movies now we've I been watching. No, I think 105 is quick because we've gone and see like 200-minute movies and they're, yeah. they're long. <laughs> Looking at you, Endgame. <laughs> okay, well, we will see you next week. Um, this has been I Love This, You Should Too 
which you can find us on social media uh, on Instagram at ILTYS and the number two. You can email us at I love this, you should number two at gmail.com and on Facebook at I love this, you should two dash podcast. Yeah, or you could just uh, tie a note to a crow and let it go and we'll get it. Not a pigeon? Nope. Oh, we control the crows. Yeah. Oh, okay. Crows are cooler. They are cooler. Okay, well, feel free to email or tweet or Instagram us. Or crow. Or crow at us. <laughs> if, uh, if you have any ideas for upcoming movies or thoughts on previous episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Join us next week while we talk about Edward Scissorhands. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. The end? The end.